it's been really exciting to see what marketers and storytellers and people who have a message to get out into the world can do with that at the same time that there's so much curiosity and exploration. And we're really excited to see all the different ways that can evolve going forward. You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a B2B podcast that brings you the juiciest insights from go-to-market leaders and practitioners. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Ryan Schimmel. Today, I'm super excited to be speaking with Jordan Rost on streaming into the future. Jordan leads marketing for Roku's advertising business. He and his team help marketers understand shifting media behavior, reimagine storytelling for the streaming decade, and make ads better. Uh, Prior to joining Roku, Jordan held leadership roles at Google, Nielsen, Adaptly, and Accenture. Jordan, I'm excited to have you on the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Looking forward to our conversation. Perfect. Jordan, let's just jump right in, if we may. Um, Help us understand, uh, help our listeners understand a little bit about your role and and what you do, essentially your core focus area specifically at Roku. Sure. So you mentioned uh, I lead ad marketing. What does that mean? I market to marketers. Uh, Roku really has three businesses. We power the TVs in 70 million homes uh, for people who love to watch streaming across a range of different services. We help advance those services, be it Netflix or the Roku channel or a whole range of, of different places that people love to watch content on TV. And then we help advertisers engage in those services. And so between devices and content and advertising, there's a lot of opportunities for our companies to connect with new audiences, to convey their messages, to tell unique stories. And my job is to really help companies make the most of that. And so we're doing B2B marketing, marketing to marketers, helping them take advantage of all the unique opportunities that streaming can provide to them. That's awesome. I mean, I think just about everyone has device in their home at this point. Help our listeners understand a little bit about the streaming landscape, right? I mean, this is not something that someone that started marketing 30 or even 20 years ago would have experienced. Talk to us a little bit about the streaming landscape. Yeah, I mean, even in the, the few years I've been at Roku, it's it's evolved tremendously. Uh, and so when I think about streaming, the landscape, even just a handful of years ago, was one that I think people thought of as very fragmented. Uh, and there still is lots of choice. Streamers can stream from a range of different services. There's a range of different devices. And for advertisers, there's a lot of ways in the door to, to, to buy into streaming TV, to measure it. And so um, it's a really interesting landscape that I think is really a, an interesting microcosm of the larger media and technology shifts that we're seeing around the world. Uh, at the same time that people are reevaluating how they watch television in general, they're moving out of traditional television, they're cutting the cord, they're watching more content on streaming services. And so that's really reshaping the business model of entertainment uh, across the landscape. It's also happening at the same time that people are questioning their social media usage and how much they're picking up their phones. And so advertisers are similarly thinking about, well, what does that mean in terms of our storytelling landscape? Uh, We've got the TV at the center of the traditional media mix that social video and vertical video has has really reshaped at at the same time. And um, there's kind of this great re-questioning of all of these different stalwarts of marketing and storytelling and advertising, traditional TV and digital and social media, that, that's all happening at the same time. 
And TV streaming presents a little bit of the best of all of those different worlds. And so TV has always been about great premium storytelling on the biggest screen in the home. And digital has always been about precision and accountability and measurement. And again, TV streaming combines both of those worlds. And so it's been really exciting to see what marketers and storytellers and people who have a message to get out into the world can do with that at the same time that there's so much curiosity and exploration that we as consumers have to find great content and really kind of answer the question, hey, what have you streamed recently? Um, it's, it's, it's really kind of, I think, brought in some ways TV back to the epicenter of culture. Uh, and uh, we're really excited to see all the different ways that can evolve going forward. Yeah, you know that's that's a great point. Um, I'm I'm thinking about conversations that I used to have uh, around the water cooler maybe five or ten years ago. You know, we would laugh and joke about, "Did you see such and such a commercial?" And I don't I don't hear anyone talking about uh, traditional commercials anymore. I mean, we all have DVR boxes. We all kind of kind of blow right right through to the main content. But yet, streaming is right in my face every night. Every night, I'm streaming something, and uh, and I am a very captive audience. Um. So, so moving forward, thinking, you know, hey, we're in early 2023 now and thinking about the future. Talk to us uh, about your view. What do you think the future uh, of, of television looks like, specifically streaming? And um, I know we talked earlier about, you know, sports viewership, you know, kind of being like one of the last, last bastions of, of old-fashioned television uh, and, and what, how, how that's kind of evolving into the streaming world. Sure. So we saw something really interesting for the first time last year. More people spent time streaming TV than watching it on traditional television. And so streaming has become mainstream. As you mentioned, we all have these smart TVs and devices in our homes. And so it's become the norm. Uh, and so where we see that evolving in the future is, I think, a, a few different dynamics. One, there's still a tremendous amount of time spent amidst that streaming in subscription services. Uh, but still one of the fastest growing segments of streaming is ad-supported streaming. And so I don't know that ad-supported streaming will overtake subscription viewership in the next year, but in the next two years, that's a very real possibility. Uh, this, the second thing we see is uh, a, a real shift on the marketer side from acquisition at all costs, be it streaming services or uh, brand marketers, to, I think, smarter, sustainable retention and lifetime value focus. And so the macroeconomic environment certainly is a driver of that. But thinking about how streaming can help not just meet new people, but sustain and grow your relationship with those same customers or potential customers is a thing that we think a lot more marketers are going to be excited to explore. Related to that, a, a big shift that we've seen a lot of discussion about is how do you measure all of that? There's been a lot of discussion about television currency and a shift away from one monolithic approach. And we've seen a tremendous amount of exploration that marketers and publishers have, have really taken a more all-encompassing portfolio-based approach. And more and more of that portfolio of measurement has really focused on outcomes. Did someone visit my website? Did they book something? Uh, you know, What do they do as a result of seeing whatever I put in front of them on television? And so... TV is becoming a performance medium, just the same as digital and social and other uh, really internet-based advertising have, have long been. And I think you mentioned this a little bit, but one of the areas that we see some of the most interesting and fast-growing shift to streaming 
um, and, and where much of that performance and brand advertising is happening um, is in sports. Uh, and so a, a lot of the viewership has naturally flown from traditional TV to streaming as more households have court, cut the cord. Um, there's more live sports available on streaming. And so we think that along with a number of other more traditional cable TV friendly verticals and genres of content will really continue and further a push to to bring more traditional brand and performance marketing into streaming. Uh, and then the last thing I'd say uh, is new experiences, new ad formats, new ways of telling the brand story that really were only possible with internet-based television. And so we, we've seen really good early adoption of interactivity on television ads uh, and creative uses of smaller ad loads. The, the traditional TV ad break format hasn't really changed in decades, but streaming really shakes up the types of stories that you can tell within that space and beyond that space in really interesting ways. And we, we think brands will will take really interesting advantage of that in the next year and beyond. That's great. That's great. Um, so so that's a that's a pretty good explanation of kind of where we've come from and and where we're going. Um, can you shed a little bit of light on, you know, some of the new types of ad experiences that are that are maybe only possible through streaming? Um, it, well, talk to us about that. I mean, this is this is kind of where you play, right? Absolutely, yeah. So I think there's so much potential, and there's been so much kind of early uh, exploration around this. We're seeing, I think, three main pillars of where some of that exploration actually has meaningful scale and where brands can actually have a huge impact. Uh, the first is around brands being part of the content discovery experience themselves. And so if you think about before someone even clicks into a streaming service or an app um, or their you know, streamers are kind of deciding what to watch, we allow brands to be part of that experience. And so I'll give an example. Uh, around March Madness, right at the kind of the heart of the, the tax season, TurboTax has been a really great partner for the last few years to bring together all of the best ways to watch all the college basketball across a range of different services. And we think this is interesting for a few reasons. One, they're actually providing utility. Uh, there's, as I said, a range of different places you can watch the games, the library content, all the Cinderella stories, and they help to pull that together in one easy to watch place, actually providing utility to the streamer to navigate all that complexity. Um, and we're putting it right on our home screen so that when someone turns on their TV and it's you know the middle of March, they're able to, to, to explore all that powered by TurboTax. And so they're part of the experience, not disrupting the experience, which is really, I think, how a lot of traditional television advertising has been perceived. And then I think one of the other things which I mentioned a little bit is brands are becoming part of the shopping experience as well. Uh, so not just the content discovery experience, but part of the shopper's journey as well. So one of the things that we've been exploring quite a lot over the last year or so is how to make television advertising more shoppable. So we've long had interactivity where you could click on ads to find out more about some of the messages or the content being shared in that in that advertising. We, we've extended a partnership with Walmart to make those same ads not just clickable, but actual shoppable on the TV screen so that if you see an advertisement for a brand that sells their product at Walmart, 
you can, with your remote, click OK to learn more and actually put the items mentioned in that ad into your shopping cart right from the TV screen. And so we've learned a few things about this. One, people actually are willing to, to try and experiment with that. Uh, it's natural because people are already largely holding their remotes in their hand. We've actually found that the conversion rate to actually put products in shopping carts is 10 times higher when advertisements use the click of a remote button versus a QR code. So I think this is a really interesting example. One, just because it's really novel to imagine buying something on TV, but I think it's emblematic of what's unique about streaming. Shoppers, viewers, streamers really want natural experiences that fit the flow of streaming that are additive to the experience, not distractive. Uh, and, and that's really what streaming is about. It puts, it's, it's not a linear feed of content coming at you. It puts the streamer in command. And so I think the innovation that we'll continue to see in ad experiences really harness that and giving viewers a lot more control over not just what they're seeing on TV, but what they do as a result and then follow up to that. Jordan, you, you just, you just keyed in on something that I think is, is brilliant, right? So I, I will watch a show and I will see a QR code come up and I am in that moment, I've got maybe five or 10 seconds at the most to decide, <laughs> one, am I interested? Two, where's my phone? Three, can I open my phone to snap right. it? And, and to your point, I've, got, I've always got the remote in my hand. And I, I, I'm sure our listeners will love that you've got a real relevant stat there at, at 10x. Uh, tell me that again. Was it 10x the conversion you said? Yep, absolutely. And to be clear, there's still very much a role for QR codes. We, we see a lot of really interesting engagement. So if you can get the camera out and you can scan that quickly, or maybe you've paused it. And we've actually built some pause units where if someone were to pause the stream, that's when we put up the QR code so that we can allow some interactivity there. Um, we do still see a lot of engagement. And so if you want to continue the story, and so maybe there's a 30 second spot that just is the first chapter of a brand, a piece of brand content. Um, and you can offer up a QR code to have someone watch the rest of it. That is a great use case for QR. Um, but if you really want to have someone transact or take real action, that's where we start to see the remotes uh, start to to be a much more natural consumer experience. Yeah. And I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of the holy grail of all marketing? It's not marketing for marketing's sake or advertising for advertising's sake. It's advertising to drive an action, to drive the consumer uh, to to take action and, and engage, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the flattening of the funnel, if you will. There isn't a funnel. It's you, you see something, I want to buy something. Uh, and so I, I'm old enough to know that people remember when people said, oh, I'll never buy something on my phone. And now that's where most of us buy most of the things that we buy uh, on a pretty natural basis. Uh, and so we think something very similar can happen on TV as well, where it may feel a bit novel at first, um, but we think it, it, it's 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 really exciting to see impulse to action be on the largest screen in the home for the first time ever. Yeah, no, that's awesome, and it's funny you say you're you're old enough to remember. I'm old enough to remember when the world didn't carry around phones sure. in their pocket everywhere they went. Um, okay, so listen, we just talked a little bit about you know. The, 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 the advertising to, to people like you and me, right? Consumers coming into their home or right in front of them on the largest screen in their home. Let's switch the, 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 the conversation just a bit. Um, talk to me about how marketers 
are leveraging streaming for potentially B2B marketing. So what does that business to business marketing playbook look like and how does that play play into streaming? Sure. So I think for a lot of B2B marketers outside of maybe some who are marquee enterprise brands buying into golf tournaments and things like that, TV really wasn't addressable. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't specific enough. You couldn't get a narrow enough audience to make that that reach really impactful. And so streaming being TV via the internet really changes the whole playbook completely. And so everything that B2B marketers have learned and honed online through digital and social is applicable to TV for the first time with streaming. And so we've worked with large B2B brands to help with recruitment. Uh, They take their first party data about who's applying to jobs. Um, We can ingest that data. We can use our own modeling to find similar audiences based on what they're streaming or other behavioral signals and reach them through television advertising really honing in on specific audiences. And so in the example I'm providing, that's specific to recruitment, but you can imagine the same is true of industrial buyers or uh, you know SaaS decision makers at technology companies. And so uh, all of the first party data and increasingly third party data as well, you can buy an audience that is recent college graduates or executives uh, and ultimately reach them on TV. Uh, for the first time ever. And so again, all of the the strategies that I think work well on digital uh, are applicable to television. And then when I think it, get, it, it gets really interesting, and uh, we've done this with some of our own marketing as well, uh, dog fooding our own products, if you will, um, we'll use our ad platform to not just do a version of what I just described, reaching really precise audiences with television advertising, but use our ad platform to re-engage those people, those that saw my ad on TV, get impressions with them on mobile or desktop where they can visit a site or in the case of potential job applicants, learn more or search available jobs or um, schedule a tech demo. Um, And so the ability to bridge the world between TV and other devices is really powerful. And we're able to do that because all of our users are logged in. We're able to understand who they are and where we've seen them on TV as well as other devices. And so, um, really interesting storytelling capabilities on the backs of that really precise and specific measurable reach. Uh, And so that's how a lot of our, I think, leading B2B advertisers are using the platform um, over and above all the things that TV has always been able to do, which is reach large, big audiences around key moments. You know, Jordan, that's a, that's a really good point. Your, your comment uh, around the marrying of, of first party data to, to third party data even though you're still delivering uh, to consumers, it's that it's that marrying of data that's enabling uh, much more segmented audiences that support the B2B use case. It sounds like that's really where you're playing. Very much so. And a lot of brands are starting with their first party data because that's what they have the most accurate uh, and complete usage of. Um, and I think for a lot of them, third party data is filling in some of the gaps. Uh, and we can supplement our own view of that data, as I mentioned, if a brand brings us their customer file or their, in the case I provided, their job applicant uh, list, we can help them better understand the types of content that those streamers are watching on TV, which can help inform their media mix. It can maybe help flesh out a persona and a a kind of an audience profile. Um, And we're, I think, really excited to help 
those brands and those marketers really harness their data to ultimately deliver more relevant advertising. Yeah, no, that's spot on. That's brilliant. Um, so, hey, listen, we're, we're almost wrapping up here and uh, it's been great having you. I have a couple more questions for you. You know, look, this, you know, we hear a lot about this, this economic downturn and a looming recession. Um, talk to me about, you know, how that's impacting you or your advertisers. You know, what are, what are you guys maybe doing differently in light of what's happening out there in the economy? Yeah, I think, first of all, across the board, I think every marketer is taking a really healthy look at what's working and what's not and really evaluating the way that they even answer that question, um, which I think is always a good practice, but is now very much a reality for everybody. I think the reality that we've seen is the the environment is not impacting everybody consistently. Uh, I think everybody, as I said, is is taking a hard look, but um, how they respond is, is is quite different. So we work really closely with large brand marketers, and so they're taking a, a close look at may, maybe this is the year where they're finally going to shift out of traditional linear TV, where they don't really know who they're reaching, into more accountable channels like TV streaming. And so that focus on accountability is real. Uh, for performance and direct-to-consumer advertisers, they've built their businesses on social platforms that are not without their own risks and are less measurable, at least in the ways that they like to measure them, than they were a few years ago. And so they're looking for new growth channels where they can sustain new customer acquisition and customer retention and lifetime value growth. Uh, and for them, TV streaming has been an interesting place to look. And I think one of the biggest things that we've seen across the board is we're all in some ways in this together. Uh, and so we've seen and had a lot of great conversations with publishers distributing their services and their content through streaming, really eager to work with companies like Roku to help make sure their inventory and their services are more available, both obviously to consumers, but to, to advertisers as well through some of the technologies and the automation that we've built into our advertising. And so to me, the kind of key themes we're seeing is certainly more push to accountability, um, more push to cohesion across all the marketing people are doing so that none of that is wasted. And then I think lastly, I think really around collaboration, finding ways to partner with companies that can help, uh, you know, lift, create a rising tide that still lifts all boats. Yeah, no, I, I, I speak to marketers every day and the, the mantra that I hear repeatedly is more analytics, more measurability, more segmented audiences, all of which seems like it's it's uh, delivered via via streaming. You're getting to the right audience at the right time, the right persona. It's that's that's kind of the goal. Um, so hey, let's let's shift here for a minute. Um, so talk to so you know, look, our listeners uh, are are very often you know they're they're sometimes not CMOS, right? They're middle market people they're they're learning they're they're loving their roles and and looking for thought leadership help us understand a little bit about like what would you suggest uh, our listeners that are interested in this what would you suggest maybe they 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 look at or they read a blog a book um some some website where uh, that explains all of this in greater detail what can you share with us I'll share something I'm reading currently, just about wrapped, um, which I think has helped me as a marketer. It's, I think, certainly helped me as a person. Um, and it's a book called Stolen Focus uh, by Johan Hari. I might have mispronounced that, but it's a really interesting exploration of kind of our relationship with technology and how that's not just shaped the way that we use that technology, but shaped the way that we think and our, our focus and our attention spans. And it was uh, 
personally resonant for someone who carries a phone around with me all day. Uh, it, I think, had some really instructive examples of ways that I can kind of reevaluate my relationship with some of that technology. Uh, and I think some really eye-opening ways of thinking about what our individual actions translate into in terms of societal impact. And so uh, I think there's a lot of good relatable uh, examples in that book for marketers to consider. Uh, but again, uh, at a personal level, it was also quite instructive on how I could just develop a more healthful relationship with the technology and the information coming at me. That's perfect. And the book was Stolen Focus, correct? Stolen Focus. Ironically, I haven't had the focus to be able to get through the book as quickly as I would have liked, but that's what we're working on. Understandable. And then because our listeners are going to love this, they're going to want more. Uh, can you maybe share the names of a couple people that, uh, that, that if people wanted to learn more, they should be engaging and following on social? Sure. Uh, I have the fortune of working with lots of smart people around the Roku. Uh, one of the people I've learned the most from is uh, David Eilenberg. He heads up our original content strategy, and I've learned so much uh, from his time de- developing incredible television to really understand the convergence of culture and content and programming and ultimately uh, how marketers and brands and businesses and people ultimately fit into that. So um, learned tremendous amount from him. The second I would offer is uh, a fellow Northwestern alum, Derek Thompson, who has his own podcast worth listening to, uh, Plain English. I think has a really interesting insight into some of what I was just talking about, how individual behaviors become societal behaviors and how technology fits into that as well. Um, and the last I would offer is, I'm maybe flipping through my phone to see what I've read or listened to recently. Um, I, I listened to another podcast, uh, Broken Record, which is uh, a conversation between Rick Rubin, the music producer, and Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, maybe not directly relevant to marketers, but I think Rick's approach to, to music and life and thinking uh, has been really inspiring. The idea of not production, but reduction as the role that he plays in shaping the, the music that he helps breathe into the world um, is probably kind of how I approach my job as a marketer. Yeah, no, that's great. Those are three good names and and you know not everything has to always be marketing related. Our personal lives are certainly influencing uh, what we do, what we do in the workplace anyway. Um, so Jordan, how can people get in touch with you after the podcast if they wanted to reach out? Yeah. Find me on LinkedIn. Uh, that's probably the place I'm most easily available. Uh, you'll see me on Twitter, though I'm not a very prolific tweeter, um, especially not these days. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'll see you on LinkedIn. Beautiful. And Jordan, listen, I really enjoyed having you on the podcast. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Today's episode is made possible by Demandbase. Demandbase is smarter GTM for B2B brands to help marketing and sales teams spot the juiciest opportunities earlier and progress them faster. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Sunnyside Up. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us and subscribe to our show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube and Demandbase TV. 